All right, so here's the idea, uh, is a great point, is a seed. Um, and we've all had seeds planted in us. Seeds are concepts and ideas, and that's how the enemy works. So he puts seeds of doubt, seeds of confusion. But Peter calls the seed of God's word an incorruptible seed. It won't fade and it won't go away. So these seeds are lies. We've all believed lies. And this is what's important when we're dealing with people who are transgender or whatever the issue is of sin. There are adulterers. There are liars. Whatever the sin is, uh, identifying that seed, people are doing things because of lie-based thinking. And who's the father of lies? Okay, so we all have lies that the spirit of truth is trying to eradicate. So it's important that it's important that we plant the seeds of the gospel. Isn't this? It's really that simple. It's not you defeating the arguments. It's you giving them the seed of God's word. And what did God say about His word? It will not return void. You give them the seed. They may reject it. They may not want it. But when you give it to them and it comes into their ears, it will remain and it'll start germinating. Amen? Amen. Yes. Right here. So I've known so many of my friends who were gay, transgender, what have you, bisexual. Um, so I saw recently, I'm going to say two things. First of all, one of my friends who was in the church, her and her husband left the church, and now she is a he, and I still love them. I just don't know how to talk to them. Like, sure. I still want to care for them because they're lost right now. They're really, really lost. In fact, yeah. they are part of what got me to go into the church in the first place. But also on my Facebook, I have lots of stuff about, like, pro, not pro-gay, but, like, anti-that but like pro-Christian stuff about it because there was this girl, I forgot her name, but she was a man for a while and now she's she was originally a girl, but she wanted to be a guy because those seeds were planted in her life like you guys were saying, those seeds were planted in her life and she now fights for, she's a Christian and she's fighting for the LGBT people just be basically come to terms with the fact that it's a it's not real. It's all an illusion. Amen. And so. That's a good testimony for her. Yeah. She's to be helping able people. To do that. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question based on that. Can somebody who transitioned, did surgery, wh whether they were male or female, and went to the other sex and now manifest, look female. Let's say they were male, now look female, took the, the uh, hormones, uh, have breasts, maybe castrated, right, the whole nine yards, can they get saved? Yeah. Then what do they do? Can God... God can do it, right? God can do whatever needs to be done. Now, they may still have a marred body, but if they stop taking the hormone therapy, things will shift although they may have had implants or this or that, but God's going to work with them and bring them back to an identity in Christ. Yeah. 
Let's not give up on anybody, right? Amen. All right, over here. Yeah, this is quite a fresh subject in our family because um, we have a family member that um, the couple is married with three children, and um, he decided that he wants to be a she. And so um, this is, you know, the Owens family is like primarily Christian, you know, minus a couple who are struggling. But so this is really difficult for all of us. So the, the wife, you know, was like totally supportive and she's trying to get us all on board. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, you got to support my husband who's now Christy you know, and, you know, do all this. And so now, you know, it's like, oh, the children are fine. The children are healthy. The children are like all on board. And now we find out, no, they are not. Everything's like totally not the way, you know, it's not this big rosy picture like, you know, like they say it is. The marriage is falling apart. The children are not okay. And, you know, it's it's not the way it's meant to be. But it is a struggle because it's so fresh. I'm used to seeing him as a guy. <laughs> so yeah, sure. I'm just not quite sure, you know, and I think a lot of our family members are too, you know, how are we supposed to look at this guy differently? And she just wants us to, you know, go to family functions even if they separate, you know, um, which they're talking divorce already, you know, and just you know, just embrace him and love him and do all this stuff. And um, it's just, um, it's, it's just difficult right now because it's so fresh. I, I think it would remain difficult uh, even when it's not fresh anymore. <laughs> it's it's going to be very difficult, isn't it? Um, let's talk about that for a few minutes. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. How would you handle it? Um, we're putting it out there, as, as many of you. As a Christian, how do we respond to this? It's, it's invading our families. It's invading our lives. Do we uh, do what the wife says? Just accept it, be pro for it, and blah, blah, blah. Do we shun them and, and spit at them? Do we, what do we do? I think wisdom is that everyone knows that that person is not, uh, they're still a man. And you may still love them and, and invite them or, or whatever, but for you to change and call Christy, I think that's where the line needs to be drawn. Because then you're buying into you're giving in to what's happening. So it's not wrong to still love him. It's not wrong to still invite him. But it is wrong to identify him by something that he isn't. Because he's never going to, it's never going to be like that. Okay. And then if he makes a decision that he doesn't want to come around, that's a sad situation. But that's what may need to happen. This is a real issue of reality it's a shift of reality and you have to uh, get that guy right there raise your hand so she sees you 
as a shift of reality, we have to say, where will we not cross the line? Okay? So, my reality is, I love you, I care about you, but my reality is, you're not who you say you are, and, and you may believe that, but I have to decide when I'm going to cross that line or when I'm not. Okay, bro? I, I was just going to say, uh, you know, that ball was dropped a long time ago. It was through compromise that this happened in the first place. That's one thing. Another thing is this, we're image bearers. I'm an image bearer. I bear his image. You know the last thing that God created was? Do you know what the last thing it was he created? <laughs> he created women. Yeah. He saves the best for last. He does. Where's the applause? Oh, come on now. That was... But he does. Women, the femininity of a woman shows the beauty of the Lord. There's a scripture in Psalms. Behold the beauty of the Lord. Behold it. And when you see a woman, you see her femininity, that reflects God. God's chosen in the masculine, but he's neither. Both genders reflect him. Yeah. It's defined. It's spitting in his face to play with this. And me personally, I won't compromise myself. I would just detach and I wouldn't want to be compromised by it. I don't know what I would say, so I'd probably say the wrong thing. So I would just detach because it's, it's, it's insanity is what it is. You know, sex is like a drug. You start off smoking a little weed, move up to hash, you're snorting coke. Next thing you know, you got a needle in your arm. And that's pretty much what this is metastasized into. You've taken something, it's turned into a full-blown addiction, and there's a depravity where God says, I've called you from it, now I'm giving you to it. And that's what you have right now. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm going to agree with that. You sp spoke most of what I wanted to say. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Sorry word, you, said it, you said it better than I could have. And, <clears throat> you know, I've thought about this as we were sitting here, and, and I tracked back as I got off course in my life. And I, and I see where I've accepted some things around me that I, that I shouldn't have when I was very young. I accepted that uh, you know, the certain people were going to use marijuana around me. I was still going to love them. And I was, I'm not saying that I should have stopped loving them. But I just did not draw that line and make a clear separation, you know, consistently. And I let it get closer to me. I let it get closer. And it feels like that this gay movement is doing a lot of similar things that drug addiction has done. It, it sneaks in slowly. It comes in. It asked for special care. It asked for acceptance and and it gets closer and then uh, and it does prey on i feel i feel the praying on the women especially yeah and <clears throat> it, it's like helping it's like helping the widows and you know there's there's some widows on my block that that came that came out uh of in, in need and I was told well what are you helping that person for I mean she's got these children by different fathers and she 
uh, you know, she made bad decisions to get where she's at, and you know, and that's why it's a mess there in that house and this and that. And uh, and I said, yeah, but one of those children's father's dead, and that other decisions she made made it so she don't deserve help. You know, and and it's like the the callousness, you know. Right. And it we, sneaks in. Yeah, we 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 can't we're to be like Jesus, not counting their sins against them, but reconciling them to Jesus. Right? It's not us to say you did this and this and this and that's wrong, because that can come right back on us. And so we have a ministry of reconciliation. This is an amazing verse, a ministry of reconciliation, not counting their sins against them. And that's huge. Uh, based on what you said, let me read this. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on the day and night. Listen to the progression. Walk in the counsel of the wicked. That's kind of walking in, the, in the, direct, the direction of what is wicked. And then it says, standing with sinners. Now you're not walking with the move of everything. Now you're standing in the middle of it. Then it says, and sits in the seat. See, the church has done this in the past. We walked in the ways and the counsel of the world. Then we started standing with their programs now we're sitting with them and altering this and scoffing it. Amen? So we've got to be careful. Okay, we've got, uh, okay, these three. You go ahead and then also here. Um, it's hard for me. I feel like I have to be hyper aware of this because of the ages of my children. And it's everywhere. And my kids have never gone to school. They're homeschooled. But they are not they're not sheltered from it. They can be. And I feel like I know that we're allowed to have a righteous anger. I don't yeah. know if mine is. <laughs> um, but it's like I feel like they are, they are actively, well, we know, they are actively being attacked. Yes. And yes. how do we, and I understand like, okay, we, yes, have, compa have compassion for individuals and things like that. But when we have you know, government entities coming in and saying, we can take your kids from you. Yeah. And you can't do anything. I mean, other than sowing seeds of truth into my children, that's, that's the only thing I know what to do, is to combat the lies with the truth. But how do we stop? A friend of mine is in the Minnesota House of Representatives, and she's right now actively fighting a bill to make Minnesota a sanctuary state. Where if a, t a kid in Michigan says, uh, you know, a five-year-old wants to be a boy, she's a girl, wants to be a boy, the social worker can take her to Minnesota, and if she crosses the state line, they can't do anything because it's a sanctuary state. And I'm like, what, what do we do? Well, uh, it's getting late in the... Uh, used to be, say, hey, wake up the silent majority. But the majority has evaporated, but we still have to stand up and we still have to make noise because if we do not, 
then the world will not hear truth. We're supposed to be a pillar of truth. We're supposed to be salt and light. If we don't do anything, they're not going to hear it. And we're denying the power of that word. You know, it took one man to stop the gladiator fights in Rome. One monk entered into the arena and, and basically yelled at the entire crowd as to what they were doing, and a gladiator killed him. And everybody saw it, and it convicted them all. And it stopped. One man stopped the gladiator fights in Rome. One other point, you know, be angry, uh, righteous anger. Um, so we have to be angry, but sin not. And that's where we have to figure that out, right? That's hard. But there's nothing wrong with being angry as long as it is righteous and you're not sinning in it. So I dealt with this with my own children in my own house. And your first instinct is going to be, no, not my kids. It's not going to happen. Love and love. They're looking for love. They're looking for acceptance. They're looking for a place to fit. Think back to junior high when we were all that age, trying to fit in. They're looking for that. They're, that's what they're desiring. If we alienate them and don't show them love and reach out to them, and say, I love you. I love you. you. They know where you stand. If you raise your children, like the word tells us, raise up a child in the way they should go, and then they're old, they will not stray from it. My mother always said there was a gap between the raising and the old part. <laughs> but they know in their hearts where the truth is. People out there know where the truth is. We have the truth. If we alienate ourselves and say, we're going to stand over here, well, you stand over there, Who's going to bring that love to them? They're going to go find it where they're going to look for it now because we're standing over here instead of going out to them. And my children came to my house with people that they knew I didn't, I didn't, didn't I accept them, but I didn't, I did, that was not, they knew where I stood. They knew where I stood, but I didn't tell them, no, you can't do this. You're not coming in here because I knew they needed love. I knew they, they needed me to show Jesus to them. And I just let that do the work. I let Jesus do the work. And over a course of time, those things ended because they found love where they needed love from, from him, not from the things that were around them. It's a good testimony. Amen. Where were the apostles? Right up here, Frida. Where were the apostles uh, and the, the new disciples of Jesus? They went out into the marketplace every day, every day. So you're at work, you're everywhere else. Don't shrink back. Say what the Word of God says. You may lose your job, but say what the Word of God says. Go ahead, Frida. Pastor, if someone says they're, like this lady over here, if someone says they're, it's their man, but they become a woman, and then they want you to call them Chris or whatever. And I, if I say, if I call that person Chris, in a sense, wouldn't I be saying God made a mistake or he's even a liar if I do that? If you're going to call him by the name that he now goes by? Yes, if I'm to refer to him as a woman when yeah. God made him a man. Right. In a sense, you're rejecting what? The natural order, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to, to go to his reality. And that's what the discussion was. 
Where's the line that we have to draw where we will not cross? When you're wanting your reality to become my reality, I can't accept that. I have to accept God's reality. There's a higher authority in my life than your identity. All right, last one, Danny in the back. Uh, just to kind of bring it back around to uh, the first comment that was made with like a resounding agreement about pulling your kids out of government-funded public schools, the, the free schools in our state. I, I'm glad my wife isn't in this service right now knowing that she is working as a kindergarten teacher in a government-funded public school where that question has never once been raised to her or forced on her in her job description to be asked. So if we're led to believe from one instance, a friend, I see things online on both sides. If we're led to believe by one thing we see from some, that somebody sends to us that that's the norm, why can't it be the other way? These teachers are so bogged down in curriculum problems with their students, things from their home that are brought into school, they hardly have time to even think, you know, other than just getting through the day. And it re I just, I know this isn't about LGBTQ, but I well, need it, to it, stand up for my wife because I know good. that if she were in here, that would break her to hear that resounding amen to pull your children that she wants to teach, that she wants to be able to love on out of the school. She has kids from every background, every religion, and what she does is shows them pure love and pure affection. And that's what we hear from so many of us here. So when I hear that, it, it's such a contradiction to what I feel like we're always told that when I hear, heard everyone say that, that made me feel like, well, let's lock the doors, let's stay in here because it's safe. But Pastor, you tell us all the time to go out there and be the example. And I know you already kind of spoke on it, but just a little bit closer to it, that, that, that just that would hurt her and it hurts me knowing that that's maybe it's just in the moment type of thing being said. I get that happens in a crowd, but we, if you want change, be where there needs to be change. Right, right. Uh, well said. We need balance, and, and that's key, isn't it? It's so hard with, with this stuff coming in at such an onslaught that we want to respond and react, and many times change is that effort that's just a consistent day-to-day -day effort. So um, there are many uh, good teachers that are trying to make a change. There are many good teachers who are in that fight and in that place to help raise kids. Um, there is rules and authorities over them that are gonna dictate what they can or cannot say. And so it's, it's like the heat's being turned up. And uh, it's tough. Each family's gonna have to make their decision as to what do we do, where do we put them. Many families cannot afford and cannot homeschool. Uh, they don't have the, the mothers at her job 24-7. We need good people in the school systems. So I understand the point behind both of them, both of the comments, because we're angry at what the public education system is trying to do, but the individuals, we're back to that dynamic between the system and the individuals. 
And almost every week I've ended it this way because it's the norm, it's, it's the, the, the issue. There's the big picture where, where ultimately we've got the demonic realm trying to take over. There's the big picture of our, our culture that is literally shifting reality. But then there's the individuals who are broken and, and trying to find identity and trying to find sin, uh, a remedy for sin. So it, we have to watch where our audience is and what we're trying to accomplish. We can say a big amen against the devil and a big amen against the social system that's trying to strip away the biblical principle. But in the meantime, we might offend the individual and we've got to be careful to minister. It's hard to do. How many of you have found that it's a little bit hard to do? Right? I appreciate the balance you're bringing. I appreciate the good teachers. And I, but at the same time, we're in a war. So how do we do this? How do we do this? Prayer, 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 and prayer. We need the wisdom of God. Amen? Amen. Father God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we gather together in your name. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're no respecter of persons. You came to save all of us, to save the lost. And Father God, use us. Help us to communicate to each other. Help us to talk through our understanding and our differences. Help us to walk in grace, our tongues seasoned with salt. But Lord, help us have righteous anger against sin and those things that offend you. In Jesus' name, amen.